Welcome back. You are listening to The Whole Home Podcast, a podcast that makes much of the master gardener who is always present and at work in the lives of his children through his Holy Spirit. All the ladies coming on the podcast to share their lives, current and past, have very different stories to tell, but they do have one thing in common. They all want to make much of all Jesus afforded to them by his incarnation, his sinless life, his substitutionary death, his burial, and his resurrection. When you are adopted as a daughter of the King through faith in Jesus, you have all the riches of the King. You are given the very Spirit of God as the seal of your salvation, and His life is imparted to you. His perfect life covers your sin. His power is made perfect in you, especially in your humility and dependence on Him. His love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, and self-control are now fully and completely yours by means of flowing grace all this blessing and more. This is not imagined, it is reality. And if that is the case, it is worth considering how this is true. And it is definitely worth sharing how this is true. But sometimes it's easy to forget. Life is hard, sin is crouching at the door. We get busy, we get distracted, maybe even courage fails at times. But that doesn't stop the faithful and true one. I started this podcast so that I could encourage myself and you to slow down to examine our lives while praying for eyes to see with spiritual sight what is really reality in our lives, and then turn it into testimony and worship. As you listen to yet another story today, come with ears ready to hear about the unchanging one whose fingerprints are the same yesterday, today, and forever. And with that, I would like to welcome Megan Powell to Whole Home. How's it going, Megan? I'm doing great. It's so good to be here. Also, you just read that perfectly. I would have definitely stumbled and not gotten through that. (laughs) Well, I'm certainly glad to have you here, too. And we have known each other for a very long time. So this will be a sweet time, I think. And I said a long time, but I should add we're not very close. But because of the history of Remnant Church, we have a lot of great memories together. For sure. I was trying to think. um, I probably met you right away, I'm guessing. Oh, yeah. Right it was either at here. Brian and Page's or at church when we were yeah. meeting in the basement. <laughs> yep, early 2010. <laughs> yeah. And then we did share time together, like our kids preschooled together. Oh, yeah. They, yeah. Um, We had a lot of staff dinners, and then we used to share um, Friendsgiving. Yeah, exactly. That was a long time ago. <laughs> I know, but look at all the fruit that's come out of yes. that. So I think like we've started certain rhythms and then the Lord's just blessed it. So yes. now you host Friendsgiving in your house and we host it still. And then there's like two other people that yeah. host it now and all from that first Friendsgiving way back in the day. I think it was at Audrey Love's house, right? Yeah, probably so. Yeah, I'm great. dreaming of turkey right now. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not. I just ate a bunch of tacos. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Well, um, anyway, before we jump into the soil section of your podcast, I wanted to take a minute to say to you, that you are a generous woman. I truly believe you would give the shirt off your back to anyone that needed it. You are bold and determined, which is a wonderful benefit to us timid or unsure sisters. And God has certainly grown a gift in you to see the potential for beauty and then do what needs to be done to bring it about. So, Megan. (laughs) That was so sweet. Let's dig in. That's my silly pun. (laughs) Yeah, I love it. I love all the puns. Okay, so soil... Uh, where did you grow up? Uh, I grew up on a farm, uh, an okay. actual horse farm. I was thinking uh, leading up to this week how to explain it, but I truly had a magical childhood. Mm. I mean, I think being on a farm 
created a lot of protection that a lot of kids just didn't have. I had like actual barriers. Like I couldn't yeah. walk further than my yard <laughs> because it was it was like a quarter mile either way. Um, right. Whereas most people are surrounded by people. And I think that's where like a lot of sin can happen and early on, you know, not that there wasn't sin or brokenness. There for sure was. But thinking back, I'm just so thankful for my childhood. I had parents who took me to church every Sunday. And um, I think from a very early age that really, really helped give me a knowledge of God's word and uh, the laws that we are called to follow. And so I think because of all of that, it just led to a really great childhood. I have so many good memories from church, mm-hmm. um, so many good memories from riding horses and playing basketball. So where was this farm? Um, so this farm was in Chesterfield. My parents are actually still live on the same farm that I grew up on since okay. I was four. Um, originally, they bought the farm. My grandfather purchased it for his two sons. And so my dad was supposed to build a home in the front for for our family. And mm-hmm. then my dad's brother was going to live in the house that my parents currently live in oh, okay. because his brother was older. His, um, his own kids never even fully knew him. He died when mm-hmm. he was 30. Uh, he had a rare uh, heart defect. Oh, and so he actually was at VCU goodness. to get a uh, transplant. But it just didn't wasn't high enough on the list. But anyways, back to the, the story. Uh, I have a memory of holding his hand walking around the garden. Him and my dad loved to garden. Wow. Uh, my dad still loves to garden. That's where I get my yeah. my love for gardening. But I remember walking around the farm when they just first bought it, holding his hand because mm-hmm. he was a very. If you know my dad, he's a very uh, he's very much like me. Like we are very much a force, yeah, <laughs> to come in contact with. Um, just like you said in the opening, just very bold and um, full of life. Like it's mm-hmm. not going to be boring around him. Uh, he's also just a very big burly man and fun loving. <laughs> yeah, so much fun. Um, and so my uncle was like the exact opposite of him. I remember from my memory and from what I've been told, he just was a very gentle uh, spirit. Mm. And um, so then after losing him, that was just a big hit to the family. So um, his wife obviously um, didn't end up staying on the farm with her two young boys. Mm. She ended up moving back with her mother. And so then my parents just decided to live in the house um, that was on the farm and we they've been there since I was four so that was all right I'm gonna tell my age that was back in 1994 (laughs) (laughs) yeah so the front of the farm I almost can't even imagine a house there because now it's for the horses right did they ever plan to change that or was the vision what was the vision so uh, I think after my uncle passed that just kind of got swept under the rug just because there was a lot of hurt, brokenness going through. My grandparents have actually lost two of their children on oh, that yeah. side of the family, like super early, for being super young. Like my uncle died at 30, and I think my aunt died when she was like 36 or 37. So I think because of that, it, all of those plans just got lost. Um, my my dad's always owned his own business with my grandfather, and so that was supposed to be between him and my uncle. Mm-hmm. But now it's just my dad because my grandfather is passed, and so now it's just my dad running his own business, and he does such a good job. And, yeah, they just still live there with all the animals. Yeah. So before we get a little bit more into your parents, obviously you go back there, but tell us how frequently. Is the farm still a part of your life? Oh, I love it. It's 
oh, it's deep in my soul. (laughs) (laughs) Driving to my parents' farm is just such a uh, reminder of God's goodness and his creation. Mm -hmm. Um, We'll talk about this in the second episode, but we'll talk a little bit about how um, I sometimes struggle with living in the city just because I grew up in such an open space Mm. where you can walk in God's creation uh, without smelling weed or cigarettes or um, seeing broken glass everywhere. Um, So to go back there is such a treat and and just such a refilling uh, of my cup, just to remind me of all of God's goodness that he's given me and all of his mercies. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, I love going back there. Do you go pretty often? Oh, yeah. I actually just rode horses with my mom yesterday. Okay. <laughs> yes. Uh, we don't get to do that often at all, actually. Mm-hmm. Like, that was the first time in a year. But we try to do family dinners there at least, like, once a month where – We'll go down and I'll just pick a bunch of vegetables from the garden and mm. mom will have some meat somewhere in yep. the fridge or the freezer and we just throw down, throw together a delicious meal and eat together with her and my sister and her family. Okay. So tell me more about your parents and then did you have siblings? Yeah. Or do you? Not did you. Do yeah. you? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, so my dad, like I said, owns his own business. My mom uh, drives a school bus. Uh, and so that I was always so fun. That. I know. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. She's so <laughs> sweet. I can't believe she's done it for That's so long. Amazing. She got out of it for a few years and then now is back doing it again. Mm. Um, and then, yeah, they <laughs> their whole lives uh, – are pretty much run by either planting things in the soil or feeding animals, Mm -hmm. finding animals abandoned on their road or at the shop where my dad works. Um, So, yeah, they they literally just had three sets of kittens that they raised this past summer. So just to give you a glimpse, three different sets, not just like three kittens. Yeah, three three sets. And one of the sets So 100 kittens? No. (laughs) (laughs) Close to it. Close to it. Um, We have a cat named Mama Kitty at their house that has had, I (laughs) kid you not, like seven sets, seven litters of kittens. Wow. Uh, Go Mama. Yeah. She's uh, she's still living too. She's got to be like close to 30 years old. I kid you not. She's the... I think she's got eternal life. Like, God's yeah. just like, hey, you're going to be here until Jesus returns. <laughs> so um, back to my sister. I have one sister, so it's just me and my sister. She has four girls, and they're just a load of fun. Yeah. Okay. I only remember three. How old is the youngest? Okay, so EJ, yeah, she had her. EJ is probably one and a half, two. Okay. I'm bad with ages. Oh, okay. No worries. <laughs> as long as you know yours and sometimes your kids, I don't know. Yeah, yeah. No, my kids have to remind me often of how old I am. I'm always, and I'll have to write it down or tell yep. somebody, and I'm like, I don't remember. And then Allie will pipe up and be like, you're this. Yep. <laughs> Love it. So your mom, just to throw it in there because... It's just so cool. She is involved in something really special overseas. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So she has a nonprofit where uh, she raises money to give to an orphanage. So she's really good friends with uh, a sweet lady that's from England who has adopted three children from Africa. Uh, And she started an orphanage because of it. And they've started a school. And so they raise money to send over there to help feed these kids that are in the school. So the school, I'm almost positive most of the kids from the orphanage go to, but it also pulls from the surrounding villages. Mm -hmm. And a lot of times these kids don't even get one meal a day. And so the one meal they do get is usually at school. And so a lot of the money that they provide goes to giving them 
food for lunch or uh, that one meal a day. So yeah, it's yeah. it's been really cool to watch her serve. I think that's for sure where I get my heart for serving mm-hmm. and generosity. My parents have been gen- generous my whole life. Like when I mean generous, they're going to not like me for saying this, but <laughs> uh, like they've given pastors from other churches like down payments on their houses um, type of generosity. So yeah. it's not just like, oh, here's hundred dollars go buy groceries it's mm-hmm. like no here's several thousand dollars to yeah. and they've been generous to me and my sister's family I mean just above and beyond it um it always is very timely it's mm-hmm. like oh you need this and then all of a sudden here comes mom or dad and they're like oh here here yeah. you go and it's like man the holy spirit really is real <laughs> yeah absolutely yeah so just um Real quick, does your can other people support what your mom's doing? Can I find I a link so. somewhere yeah. if oh, I yeah. ask her? For sure, yeah. Okay. There's, um, I think she has an account and everything where you can just submit virtually online to okay. give to that. Yeah, it's great. All right, I'll link that. Yeah, um, she would love that. That'd be so great. Well, this is a fun question. How would the family describe you, Megan? Oh, man. <laughs> okay, so I will use my mom's exact words. Okay. When we were on our ride, she goes, I... I um, took the horse and cantered a little bit ahead of her. We get in the car and she goes, Megan, I could hear you all the way in the back. (laughs) I would say probably uh, loud and obnoxious at times, but loving and fun. Always, Mm -hmm. always fun. So, yeah. All right. So big sister, would your little sister say that too? (laughs) Oh, I think she would say that exactly. Okay, <laughs> that's Especially good. the first two. Yeah, we love each other. She's she's so sweet. Didn't y'all share a room at one point? We or, did. Okay. We did. So my parents' uh, house is actually really, really small. Um, when I was growing up, the basement wasn't finished. So now it's almost doubled in size because their basement was the size of the top of the house where we lived. And so mm-hmm. there was only two, there was three bedrooms, but the two bedrooms that me and my sister were in. Uh, we're, we're smaller and so we would occasionally share but we had the closet between the two rooms connected and so what we would always That's have friends awesome. that would like climb through it and like it was the best spot to hide so that is it was, amazing yeah it was fun my sister was uh always very clean and organized i was oh. the exact opposite <laughs> of that so and when That's i say funny. exact opposite i mean filthy to the nth degree oh man like my mom would clean my room and then leave a bill for me to pay (laughs) (laughs) wait what age are you talking it was like teenager oh yeah I would say it was probably like she started doing that probably when I was like 12 or 13 okay because it was so bad and I also had jobs hot tip from June (laughs) yeah there you go if your child's room is a mess clean it and then leave them a bill (laughs) yeah okay so who were you the closest to growing up was it in your family circle or friends outside of yeah. your home? Or? I would probably say I had a lot of people at church that I was really close to. And then uh, I would probably say my dad, just because he was always my buddy once we got, once I got really deep into sports. I think sports is kind of what defined my high school life. Okay. Um, I had friends, but I actually ended up going to three different high schools. <laughs> oh, my goodness. <laughs> um, not because of trouble, but because we were really big into sports. Okay. Uh, and so I played basketball and 
pretty regularly. And then I... Are you allowed to do that? Just change it? That's so funny. So you have to get a house in the other district. Oh, okay. Which my my parents got an apartment for my junior year. So I could play basketball at at Lee High School. Okay. (laughs) Yeah. Super, super funny like tidbit. But I'm so thankful for those three different high schools. I think if I had stayed at one, I think it would have been way easier to... Especially because I was in public school Mm -hmm. and... I mean, I would say temptation is way harder now for today's kids, but back then it was still pretty rough. I think it was pretty thick temptation that kids still had to deal with every day. I mean, I remember knowing like, okay, we don't, we don't drink, we don't um, have extra marital, like outside marital things. Like those are things we save. So I knew all of those things, but the temptation was so thick when I was in high school. Um, and so I think moving from the three different schools was the Lord's protection over me for mm-hmm. um, not getting sucked into one type of crowd too fully. Was know? it hard, though, to enter into different basketball teams or were you just like, we're all in this together, so it yeah. didn't matter? I don't know. I think that's part of the Lord's gifting for me is that I'm able to adapt pretty easily to many scenarios yeah. um, and make friends quickly. So I don't, I don't, I don't think it was hard. I know it was hard for my sister, but that's just because there was bullies and she was younger. I think yeah. because I was older and I think I still walk around with this type of attitude, but I just didn't care. Yeah. Um, I was the type of person who wore sweatpants every day to school because I didn't care what you thought of me. Yeah. <laughs> I was not really pressured to like wear. I mean, I was of course pressured in certain ways, but I wasn't swayed by... I've got to wear the nicest clothes with the nicest shoes with the nicest purse. Um, Mm. I did not care about any of that. Yeah. So it was basketball (laughs) for all three high schools or another sport Mm -hmm. too? Yeah. Uh, Well, I played all the sports. Okay. (laughs) Like too many sports. Like thinking back, I'm like, I don't think I should tell our kids how many sports (laughs) I did play because that's going to give them false uh, expectations for what's going to happen when they get to that age. Yeah. I played almost every sport there was Um, just because I'm a very tall lady mm-hmm. I mean people would come out of the coaches would come out of the woodwork and try to recruit me uh, I remember the track coach was also my history teacher and I remember he tried to get me in trouble because I had missed a few of his classes but mm-hmm. he was only getting me in trouble because he was mad I didn't do the track team oh, that's funny <laughs> so, so the conversation would that be like hey mom hey dad I want to go out for this sure how did that go uh, I think it was more um my dad was super athletic. Uh, he was very good at basketball. Uh, so I think that led to just me wanting to love sports as much as him. Mm-hmm. So I think because of his love of sports, I think every kid wants to love what their parents love. I mean, it's it yeah. goes back to raise them up as they should go. So you, whatever you love, your kids are going to love. I, yeah, and I so agree. for me, that was sports. Okay, so what were your farm duties? <laughs> oh, uh, my favorite was, uh, I say favorite and I'm being sarcastic. Uh, I would say waking up when it's really cold outside and going to get the ice out of the horse's water. Oh. Yeah, fun stuff you don't think about. I didn't when think it, about that. When it freezes, yeah, you've got to go break up the ice so the horses can get to the water. <laughs> it's funny uh, that you asked that because... Uh, as a child, I probably didn't like it, but we would always have to go get all the hay. And so we would literally like go to the place where the farm that had the hay mm-hmm. for the horses, load up the truck. Well, it was a big dumpster from my dad's shop, get home, unload it, 
And I mean, it was just me my and my parents and my sister that were unloading it. And these are 50 pound bales. Oh my goodness. So it was an intense workout. I think, I think because of that, all that type of childhood that's come over it's into normalized yeah right? it's yeah. come over into adulthood so yep. i i love working out i love moving my body waking up early i love waking up early yeah. like i love waking up before the sun so i can watch the sunrise and sunset like those are two of my favorite parts of the day but recently i got sean because he did okay. not he grew up in the <laughs> suburbs and so i got him my parents had a load of hay and i was like hey Who's unloading that? It's <laughs> like I was like, this is my chance to show him my childhood, and um, we had our son Graham help us. He's oh, nine, man. and it, we got it Love done it. in like thirty minutes. I thought it was going to take us hours. Mm-hmm. It took us thirty minutes, and I was like, this is not what I remember in my childhood. I yeah. thought this was going to be way harder, and he wasn't sore at all. I thought for sure because I just remember being so sore the next day, like my arms mm-hmm. not being able to move, and. Of course, it did nothing for him and Graham, yeah. but it was it was great. We had such a fun time. Yeah, I think things like that, though, are important for kids to do. It's funny because I was talking to my mom afterwards. She was like, oh, I think I'm going to pay Graham something. And I was like, no. I was like, he doesn't need money. I was like, he needs to learn that hard work is expected of us, mm-hmm. um, whether it be unloading the hay for the horses that he gets to ride, the fun farm he gets to come and spend time at whenever he wants he doesn't ever pay to come like pay admission to come here so it's uh it's so good to teach your children young that not everything comes with a reward or or the reward is the thing yeah exactly yeah like unloading the hay that was such a great workout Mm -hmm. like we got done and graham was like man i'm getting so strong (laughs) and it's true he was the one who like unloaded the whole truck and me and sean stacked it so are they like, oh, the farm? Do they ever do that? Oh, no. They love going they love there. It. Oh, my goodness. They love they love my mom. They love both their sets of grandparents. They're so, mm-hmm. so blessed. Um, yeah. And I grew up in that type of situation, too. Like, both sets of grandparents were were wonderful. I mean, my, my dad's side was very generous, always buying us clothes, whatever we needed, mm-hmm. um, always covered everything like that. And then my other grandma was always creating these wonderful family dinners where is that the grandma that i know oh yeah that's yeah. my omi yeah yes. she's uh wonderful she sounds like she just got off the boat from germany <laughs> but it's because she is from germany and all her family's still over there so yeah they're they're wonderful but my kids have the same thing and my parents and my husband sean's parents mm-hmm. so it's really cool we were at sean's parents house yesterday yeah you kind of just said that but if you can tease out just some more childhood memories. And it doesn't have to be at the farm. Oh, yeah. Things that you did, places you went. So when I wasn't at the farm, I was at church. Mm-hmm. Uh, we were we were at church on Sunday mornings. We were at choos- uh, church on Tuesdays for visitation. We'd go and do cold calls. On I just heard houses. about that from Misty. Yeah. yeah. I, I've never heard of this. Oh, yeah. It was. Uh, How do you describe it? <laughs> oh, I mean, exactly like that. it was like a salesperson <laughs> okay. for for Christ showing up to your door. But it, it's so cool, though. I mean, the spirit used it. There were people mm. that would come to church after okay. them. Um, I So I would say another person that I was super close to was my youth pastor growing up. Mm. Uh, he was just a wonderful, godly. He's, he is still a wonderful, godly man who uh, he would go on these visitations with us and just put on display what it's like to talk to people about Christ mm. and lay it all down from him for him and uh, not worry about what people think of you or how people take you or yeah. your own like self-image. None of that concerned him. He was always 
concerned with sharing Christ with people first and foremost. And so uh, I think that was one of my biggest influences as a young child through teenage years Mm -hmm. up until I became an adult. Was at the time, was he a younger person or was he older? Yeah, he was very young. So when when he first, when he first came to uh, our church, he had two small children who uh, I love dearly. I still know them as adults. Uh, Shiloh, actually, his oldest daughter came in, uh, stayed with us recently, and she's now married. Wow. And so uh, I used to babysit her as a small child at his house. And um, so, yeah. Okay. Um, did you have like a small group of girlfriends or were you more family rooted? I would. I always had really close friends, especially from church. Thankfully, a lot of my church friends overlapped with school friends. Okay. And so I think that was hugely impactful for trying to be the same person I was at church at school, even though most of the time yeah. I fell incredibly short of being that same person. Um, I grew up in a Baptist church and I have such fond memories of camps and uh, just fun dinners and uh, mission trips that truly, I think, were were huge in making me who I am today. Um, this is a little twist or a spin on the conversation, but what did you want to be when you grew up? I always knew I'd wanted be wanted to be a mom uh, okay. and get married. Of course, I always knew I wanted to do something in the health uh, area. So I knew from a pretty young age that I wanted to go into nursing. So I actually went into nursing school after high school. Um, Well, I first did a year at a community college and then went into nursing school. So Mm -hmm. I I knew from a pretty young age that I wanted to do something in that field just because I knew the knowledge that you have from uh, being in that area of expertise mm-hmm. is always useful. Yeah, it's, absolutely. Uh, so did you have an awesome pediatrician or was there just someone you're like, oh, that seems no. like a cool job? <laughs> I don't, I actually don't think it was any of that. I think it was, I I really loved school. I've always loved school. Mm-hmm. Um, it's funny. There was a time when I asked my mom if I could have been homeschooled and she said no. <laughs> <laughs> just because uh, certain classes at school, I, I just didn't feel like they were giving me enough. Uh, and so I really loved uh, sciences and maths specifically. And so I think because of that, it kind of led me into um, seeing that the health profession was something that I would truly enjoy. I took uh, anatomy. My I think it was, um, oh, what's the classes, the type of class? It's like a college level course. Mm, I don't know. Anyways, it was a college-level course I that I took. I stayed as far away from anatomy dual as enrollment. I could. <laughs> okay, so it was dual enrollment anatomy my junior year, oh, and that man. was just like, I loved every part of it. Like, mm. it was so much fun memorizing all of the parts of the body. Uh, uh, I'm shaking my head. Uh. <laughs> so I say that to grammar and writing and yeah. all things English. Like, stay away from me as far as possible. Yeah, we need um, each other. Right? Yes, exactly. Yeah. Uh, yeah, so I think because of those types of interactions in school I was just like okay it makes sense just to go to the health profession I'm very black and white by nature too so Mm. once I see a clear path I'm not one that wavers on a decision like I'm just like oh this is obvious Mm -hmm. and easy an easy decision yeah Um, okay so if you were so involved in sports did you have time for other activities or clubs or anything like that oh yeah (laughs) <laughs> all the things. Um, yeah, we did uh, 
Oh, I'm trying to think. I was involved in like the student body government for a little bit. I did yearbook for a little bit, which is probably where photography, say photography yeah, yeah. stemmed out of um, trying to think. Gosh, it's so hard to remember. Yeah. But it was a lot. I remember having almost every hour of the day planned out when I was in high school because mm-hmm. I, I always had a job through high school um, just because I wanted to work. My parents were like, they didn't tell me I had to work. I just wanted to. I don't yeah. know. There was something that felt freeing about making your own money. Would you work before school or weekends or? Uh, oh my goodness. I, you, most of the time after school. So I think because of the way our high school programs were, like you could get out, you could make your own schedule and get out at a certain time. And then I would go to sports practice and then go, go okay. to a job. So anything that you can remember, even one of the jobs. Mm-hmm. Okay. So I. My first job was a hostess at a Swift Creek Mill Playhouse. I was a hostess oh, for several months. Fine. Yeah, um, and then I don't think I was supposed. I think I was underage then because they would like pay me under the table. Yeah. <laughs> um, and then I did one summer. I nannied. Funny story. I actually nannied Brian Lachlan's. Uh, half siblings oh. uh, for a whole wow. summer. So Beth, she goes to our church. I nannied her for a summer, but it was like the best job ever. I got to take her to like King's Dominion or Bush Gardens for yeah. the day. And yeah, it was it was a lot of fun. I cleaned our church for a, a really long time, a uh, few years, which was great. It taught me a, a lot about hard work and yeah. persistence because <laughs> in the church we attended, you had to have the lines very a particular way in the sanctuary it was very Mm -hmm. fun (laughs) the line okay so actually if you don't mind share a little bit more about the the church life or what it was like to go there yeah so church was there was always something to do every every night of the week essentially so we'd have like i said earlier visitation on tuesdays we'd have wednesday night church we'd have some type of youth event, usually on the weekend, Friday or Saturday. And then we'd have, of course, Sunday morning church. Um, and then a lot of times there would be like sprinkled in like a luncheon here or a luncheon there or this or that. And mm-hmm. so um, it was it was really good in creating um, a community that kind of just was all encompassing, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. So there was like a ministry for everything. How far back does faith go in your family line? Okay, so faith, I would say probably as far back as I can remember. My okay. mom was very strict early on about making sure her girls got to church every Sunday. And so, and my dad was always there with us too. My, um, So my grandmother would say she's Catholic, but she, she comes to Remnant occasionally on my mom's side and she occasionally will go to other churches like with my aunts and stuff. So she claims Catholicism. My, um, my dad's parents, they actually helped, um, I guess, plant the church that Remnant was planted out of. So um, Mount Pleasant back in the day, they were there really early on. And and so I think because of that, that's kind of what pulled my parents to that church. Yeah. um, And getting plugged in and involved in that church. So yeah, it was fun. We had old gross vans that we would go to Um, choir camp. <laughs> Wait, choir what? Choir camp. Choir um, camp. Yeah, it's just a bunch of pe- sing, sing, sing. Yes. Oh my goodness, <laughs> it was it was an intense week. I remember at the end of it being like, I don't think I ever want to go back. 
like what does that look like rows of people on the stage what? yes big choirs huge choirs. Okay, i did not go to a baptist church so. oh yeah no so the choir camps that they would have for youth uh there was one in florida and i just remember being in this the biggest hotel i've ever been in but they have in these hotels they'll have these giant ballrooms that can that can seat like thousands of people Mm -hmm. and i remember uh it's actually they actually recorded so they did the whole camp to record at the end of it record a cd um and so yeah it was it was really cool so anyways all of these different choirs from all of the united states came and were part of this huge sanction i mean it was a huge ballroom full of youth and i just remember being like i feel I like this is a movie yeah. i don't know <laughs> it probably is it probably should be somebody should for sure do like a comedy spiel yeah on what that was like because i'm telling you i remember standing in the back thinking like no one's ever gonna hear me i don't know why i'm here yeah <laughs> but it was great but they could I mean, see you there you go well you i don't even know <laughs> i was very tall yes you could have always pointed me out in any setting for yeah for being tall yeah that's really funny okay so let's see well, it sounds like I was going to ask, when did you start to feel like an adult? But it sounds like you had responsibility from the get-go. Um, did that ever click over for you to like a certain moment, 16, 18, 21? I think I always felt older just mm-hmm. because I was so tall. So people just assumed or expected of me to act a certain way or to be responsible, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, it's funny. I can remember back to elementary school and my mom throwing my sister under the bus but we can laugh about it now so it doesn't matter but my mom it would be report card day and my mom would ask Mm -hmm. my sister she would go morgan let's see your report card and she would show her because my mom was just making sure she like did okay and then i remember thinking i was like why doesn't she ever ask for my report card (laughs) (laughs) but it's just because from an early age i've just always been I'm self-motivated so i'm gonna if there's a task at hand i'm gonna get it done i've always been the type that where I struggle is I take on too much. I do too much. So somebody has to pull me back mm-hmm. um, and be like, hey, calm down. It's okay. You don't have to do that. You don't have to do all this. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think I think the transition to, to adulthood probably just happened over time. I think I always had people in the youth group saying that I was mature for my age or all the things that people will tell, yeah. tell people when really I was still doing stupid teenage things. They just didn't see it. I was good at hiding it. <laughs> yeah. So I'm trying to imagine young Megan. I imagine you in overalls with dirty feet. But <laughs> Oh, 100%. Oh, yeah. I made mud pies. Is there a funny the story long. of you doing all the things as a kid? Just like a funny situation or? Oh, man. Getting I in can... over your head or something. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Yes, I do have one. So me and my sister... We, we grew up with a boat, so we always were out on the water fishing and and things like that. And so I remember one time be, telling my sister, I'm like, hey, let's get two fishing poles and walk down to my parents have a small pond on their property. And when I say small, I mean small. Like you could put a canoe in it and be across it in like two paddles. <laughs> <laughs> so it's very small. But I remember uh, we were definitely elementary age. And I just remember being like, this is going to be awesome. We're going to go down there. We're going to catch a huge catfish. Uh, and it's going to be great. And then I remember getting down there and like I'm doing everything fine but my sister who's two years younger than me was like (laughs) she did not know like I just didn't take into account that she wouldn't 
be able to do it. But anyway, so she cast her line and the hook gets stuck in the back <gasps> of my head. Oh my gosh. <laughs> and so we're running through my parents from field. I'm screaming. I'm like, Morgan hooked me. <laughs> and then I like thinking back, I'm like, hey, dummy, why'd you take yeah. your sister who was <laughs> probably not old enough to, to do something like that? So yes, I'm sure there's probably hundreds of stories like that. My sister could tell of me having a dumb idea. Mm-hmm. <laughs> So your personality, has it changed over time? Do you look back to younger Megan and relate to her? <laughs> oh, I definitely relate to her. I think by uh, by God's mercy, I've been uh, just shaped. Like I've been put in the fire and molded and um, tamed in a way, if mm-hmm. you will, um, and shaped by his word. And I think that's why community is so important. I was mm-hmm. telling somebody the other day how going to – community group is like the bumpers at the bowling alley so mm-hmm. you don't get in the gutter those people when you're when you're in God's word and you're in close company and you're living life out together in the Lord things things just happen and so you have to be humble you have to confess you have to repent you have to forgive and those things happen a lot especially in close communities and so mm-hmm. I think because of those bumpers, mm-hmm. um, like I was talking about at the, those are the people in community group that are constantly, or just anyone. I mean, your husband's that, your kids are that, yeah. um, people at church are that. And so having those uh, kind of, uh, in a way, like sharpen you and mold you and keep you on that track to, yeah, um, yeah to pursue Christ. Okay, well, fun question. Do you see any of yourself and your kids? Oh, 100%. Oh, my goodness. My kids are a mirror for all of the things <laughs> that I that I hope are getting uh, better with time. And mm-hmm. I hope that I'm laying down to the Lord to, uh, yeah, to just give over to him and not continue in those ways. They're a continue reflect, continual reflection of where I fall short, which yeah. is so great because – there's nobody else that's that honest with you. Mm. I mean, your husband hopefully mm-hmm. is, but your kids, they're just brutally honest. And I'm not saying that like everything they say is spot on. Right. But I would say a lot of things that they say are pretty close to accurate. Yeah. Uh, it's so funny too, because I'll hear now that, I mean, you know, kids are getting older. Mm-hmm. And so the insights that kids have early on are just, are so great. Like yeah. I'm I'm so thankful for my oldest Allie. She's um she's just a wonderful picture of areas that I need to grow. Um and if I didn't have her, I wouldn't have that. Yeah. It is fun. Well, you said your oldest, so I'll just say my oldest to sometimes just ask Ava, like, so what did you think about that? Um, okay, so was there a significant turning point in your life? Oh yeah. So I would say the turning point was my senior year when I started dating Sean. Uh, so I was in, this is a very fun story, uh, so get your kicks in now. <laughs> <laughs> so when I was in high school, I was heavily involved in youth group, and Sean was also, he went to the same church as I did, and he was actually in college at the time that I was a senior. Okay. He was in between his undergraduate <laughs> and his, and entering seminary, and so during the summers, he would come in and be a youth intern. Uh, and you know how girls are in youth group or just anybody in general that's like an older guy who's single. We actually started – okay, so I don't know how to go about this story. There's so many fun stories that I could tell right now. <laughs> so he was youth intern. I was in the youth. And finally, my youth pastor – I had had a crush on him for a while. Mm-hmm. I hadn't really told anybody except for my youth pastor who I was super close with. Um, I think – I'm sure my mom knew I had a crush on him. 
We were at Daryl and Chelsea Bowe's wedding. I went as a friend, uh, as like a friend date with this other guy that I was really close friends with. Uh Um, To the wedding, his date had fallen through. And so I was like, yeah, I'll go. I know a bunch of people there. It'll be fun. Um, But Daryl and Chelsea had like specifically not invited any high schoolers. But they were fine with, I guess, I don't even know if they knew I was coming. (laughs) (laughs) So I show up and this, this creepy dude asked me to dance and so my youth pastor goes up to Sean and was like buddy you better get on it or somebody (laughs) somebody where is gonna get her and so that night Sean texted me and was like hey do you want to hang out and so yeah but it was uh it was a big thing being in a southern baptist church uh with a youth intern that was way older I mean he waited till I was 18 well I say waited I don't think he waited I think it just was the Mm -hmm. Lord's providence that like opened his eyes to like oh hey she's 18 she's yeah you can date her So, but people at our church were not, not okay with it. A lot of people, but I think some of it was just people were just jealous because they wanted, there was a lot of single ladies that were closer in his age that they were like, why don't you date from this pool over here? Anyways, but it been, it was, yeah, I would say that was the biggest turning point. um, Are you saying that he was at your church for a while or he just sort of descended in? Yeah, no, no. They were there for several years. I think they started coming when he was in high school, um, him and his sister, because I remember being in like the middle school youth group while he was in the high school youth group. So I think... uh, this is a funny story. He's going to be mad at me for telling you this, but <laughs> I don't care. So when I was in middle school, I always was late to everything. So I walk in the sanctuary and he's sitting next to one of the older people in the youth. He was home from college. And so one of the girls that he went to college with was home for the summer and she helped in the youth. And I walk in and he like does a double take and she like <laughs> smacks him. I was like, hey, she's a middle schooler. You can't look at her. So, so maybe that was the start Uh of thing. Anyways, it's just yep. a fun, cute little story um, that is just always a fun one to tell. So how long did you date? So we dated for six months. So we started dating in March. And then I don't know if that's six months. We got engaged in December. So however many months that is. Mm-hmm. It was our first day of school today. I'm not doing that. <laughs> yeah. So I would say that is what helped. So when before Remnant was planted, um, people like Doug Ponder and Brian, Pastor Brian Lachlan and Pastor Doug were, um, they used to teach these classes at our, the church that I grew up in uh, that were, they were considered like the young adult classes for okay. like people college age to come into. And so I remember it just piqued my interest. And so uh, I asked around, I don't remember who specifically, they were like, why you should start going to Doug Ponder's class. And so me, I'm uh, close in age with Doug's younger brother, Ryan. Mm-hmm. Um, and so me and Ryan were in the youth group all together through, I don't even know how long, we go way back. And so we were both like, yeah, we want to go to that class just because we didn't feel like we were getting much out of our Sunday school classes. And so um, that was around the same time that me and Sean started dating. And mm-hmm. so I think it's like those bumpers I was talking about. It was just something that happened that only happens when you're around good Bible teaching. Mm -hmm. Um, Just that sharpening that that presses on you that is like, actually, are you reading your Bible? Are Mm -hmm. you really understanding your Bible? Are you taking your faith seriously? Uh, Because I grew up in church, but because the church had all of the things for you to do already, Mm -hmm. there wasn't much emphasis on the the daily things, the things that um, you just wouldn't think like do unto the Lord, like do the dishes unto the Lord. And I think that was the draw to to some of those guys is that they were talking about the everyday things 
doing unto the Lord. Um, mm-hmm. And I'm sure that they got preached and t- taught on. When I was younger, I mm-hmm. probably just was too dumb to pay attention. Yeah. Um, was too worried about hanging out with friends or doing who knows what in yeah. the back. I was a I was a goof. Me and my girlfriend were we were in every we were goofing every Sunday school class. Oh, f- another funny story. Brian Lachlan, his first Sunday school class that he ever taught was my seventh grade Sunday oh. school class. <laughs> and me and my best friend Lindsay Durr, I kid you not, that is funny. we roasted him. I'm talking about have you ever seen that show where they roast <laughs> yes. celebrities roast each other? Yes. That is what me and my girlfriend did every Sunday oh, to man. him. Like Man, I am trial by fire. I am so whatever. thankful that he does not hold any of that against <laughs> me. We were so mean. <laughs> yeah. Um, but anyways, yeah. So I would say being around people who took their faith seriously. Also, dating Sean was in unlike any other relationship I'd ever had. I mean, I feel like high school relationships don't really count anyways. Like mm-hmm. I always knew the people I dated. I was like, I'm definitely not marrying you ever, which yep. just goes to question, like, why were you dating them in the first place? Right. And so when I met Sean, that was like the whole front end of it was like, hey, we're not doing this just to date. Like if we're going to make it like we're going all the way, like we're going mm-hmm. for marriage. That is the end goal. And so that was kind of the from the beginning, whereas like he I always make fun of him because he wouldn't call me his girlfriend for like the first month and a half we were dating yeah uh because he was like we're courting okay um, but I'm I look back and I'm so thankful, thankful for that probably, yeah. uh, because it was just so different than anything I was used to also it was humbling because I wasn't just going around bragging to everyone like I've got an older boyfriend mm-hmm. you know how those yeah, things sure. can go it just I think it's exactly what I needed in that time of life and uh yeah we both softened so much over the years so i'm trying to remember so y- you were kind of done with sports by then yeah so my okay. senior year i i kind of realized that i i had played on essentially a college level my entire high school like i remember my junior year i was waking up at 5 a.m going to the weight room for an hour going home showering and then class and then we would have an hour of agilities after school and then we would have two hours of practice. So mm-hmm. that is that's a college level sport. That's not what high school. I mean, we we did really well. We won. Um, we were pretty good when it came to. We I did AAU, and so there was always like a big tournament at the end of every year, mm-hmm. and we always did pretty well in that and placed like in the like top five in the nation. So all that to say, I just was done with it. I was tired. Mm-hmm. I was like, I don't. I don't think I want this. I also knew that I would be serious about college and want to take my classes seriously. And so I didn't think I could do that with yeah. sports. I also wasn't good enough to play in college. So I, and I knew that. And so I was like, whereas like my sister was really good. Mm-hmm. And so she had, I remember going in her room and she had like a stack, like a foot high of letters that she had gotten from oh, colleges man. all over the East Coast wanting her to come play basketball for them. So because I didn't have that and I knew that that wasn't something. So I think the bigger thing was I knew sports was over for me mm-hmm. my senior year. So I was like, what's the point of continuing? Um, I still worked out. Like I still had um, a gym membership and I would go work out but yeah sports was besides uh, volleyball at church on yeah. Tuesday nights oh man <laughs> was it indoor yes it yes, was carpet. So, okay. that's actually it's so funny so that was actually the first time Sean actually so he texted me to hang out after Daryl and Chelsea's wedding but then he waited he he used to hate church volleyball because he was really good <laughs> and all of us that went were terrible like yeah. I played volleyball in high school but I was 
not like compared to him who mm-hmm. played in college uh, i was we were not good at all and so he came one tuesday night and i was like that's weird he doesn't usually come to these why is he here uh but i didn't think anything of it so we're walking to my car and uh and then he and i had stayed and like talked to some people which it's not like him to wait around mm-hmm. afterwards either and so he he like followed me to my car and then asked me out it was really sweet so it was great that was our first like ask out was at church volleyball it was great yeah. <laughs> do you think the church still does that to this day i don't know i know they or have do you other think that things. was like of that time period i feel like uh, volleyball. no i think they have that i think they still have things like that because they always had like a softball team and things like that so, oh, okay yeah, i'm sure that's still going on okay so now you've got to share you've shared really fun things did you have any tough times were there any obstacles you had to overcome hmm I'm trying to think i know there were I think, honestly, I think the toughest time was early marriage. Yeah. <laughs> I was so young and so naive, and uh, we were just so busy because we were helping to plan a church. And so there was people in our home every single night. Um, I was in nursing school. He was still in seminary. And so when I look back, we so we got married. Um, let me let me give a little bit of background really quickly. So we dated for six or for however long. We got started dating in March two thousand eight got engaged December 2008, got married June 2009. Look at that. I know my dates. Okay, yeah. so Sean, <laughs> I historically forget our anniversary every single year. Yeah. Like Sean's like, we're going to a really fancy dinner on Wednesday. And I'm like, why? Are, what's on Wednesday? <laughs> I'm telling you, we're 15 years in now and yep. I still, I, I kid you not. So the fact that I just threw out those dates. Is impressive. Sean Pyle, you need to, I <laughs> get some recognition yep. when I get home. Anyways, so we got married when I was super young. I was 19 and I think it was for sure Providence. Like I'm mm. so thankful for that. I think I think with the way college is set up, I think if I had gone, I think honestly I would have gotten pulled into a very um feminist and egalitarian. Wait, you didn't go to college? So I did. Okay. Um I didn't finish. So oh, okay, I okay. was supposed to go to Liberty. Like I said, I had there's there's lots of stories involved there. So I Applied to Liberty, got accepted, was going to do nursing school at Liberty. And then um, Sean and I started dating and I got a letter from, so I was supposed to room with one of my good friends from church. She ended up pulling out, going to a different college. And so I was like, oh my gosh, I don't have a roommate. Mm. And that was like one of my biggest things. I don't, I loved youth camp, but I really like my sleep. Yeah. (laughs) I really like to go to bed early. I've been this way since I was a small child. I'm pretty sure my mom has lots of stories of me just putting myself to bed Mm -hmm. uh, at night. And I do the same thing even when people stay over late at our house sometimes. <laughs> um, and so youth camp was always very hard for me because I really liked going to bed early and I didn't like people interrupting my sleep. So I knew college was going to be the same way. And so mm-hmm. when I got um, when I got like a when you don't have a roommate picked out, they'll just give you whoever. Random, and this girl yeah. sent me this long oh, no. <laughs> message and she was like way too amped. Best friends forever. Yeah, which I'm not opposed to, but I was like, this girl is going to be like amped at night and I'm just not going to be like, I might be mean. Mm -hmm. I I knew I would have been mean. Like, I just was (laughs) like, this is not for me. And so because of that, I called Liberty and was like, I also at that time was just like, I think I need to be closer to home Mm -hmm. um, just because, I mean, Sean, of course, was a part of that decision of not going. The main reason 
in the beginning was because that girl seemed crazy. Yeah. <laughs> um, but I think the Lord just providentially used that for me to pull out. And it was mm-hmm. funny because I remember being on the phone with the admissions office and because my parents had paid and everything, like okay. everything was like ready to go. And they're being like, sweetheart, are you doing this for a boy? Oh. And I remember my mom ran across the kitchen and she's such a protector in that way. Like if somebody's mm. messing with one of her kids, like she's coming for you. And she grabbed the phone. She was like, even if it is, it doesn't matter. That's none of your business. You give her her money back and she's not coming. And then hung up. I was like, go mom. Anyways, um, so she's she's so funny. She Now that I told this story and mm. she's going to listen to this, and she's going to be like, that's not how it went down. It for sure is, Mom. I know. I remember it to this day. Anyway, so I pulled out of that. Um, I had graduated from high school with a lot of college credits already. And okay. so because of that, it put me like a year ahead of most college students. And so I was just like, I'm just going to go to a community college for like a semester and then transfer into a nursing school. Either I was I got into VCU's nursing program and then um, also Bon Secours before it became a college their nursing school. So I had a choice. And so I did six months at a community college and then went went to um, nursing school through Bon Secours. And it was great. It was wonderful. Did you get to, well, you didn't finish. So no. Were you, but did you practice in the field at all? Oh, yeah. So I remember I was, you in scrubs. Oh, yeah. So, reason. yep. I worked at Retreat uh, Doctors yeah. Hospital when we first planted the church. So, so we get married, 19, moved to the city. In an apartment uh, right off of Mulberry Street, mm-hmm. um, such a such a sweet little place, and it's so crazy because we got the apartment and we didn't know where the church was going to meet yet, and then oh. it ended up being a block away yes. in the basement at Tigvat, yeah. and so and I worked at the Retreat Doctors Hospital for while I was in nursing school. I was a um, a nurse tech or a nurse assistant, and so like we did all the things that the nurses told us to do, mm-hmm. uh, and such. So it was great because it gave me so much practice for what I was learning actually in school so uh, but then we ended up getting pregnant with Allie like a year into marriage and Mm so um, I was just like I know I'm not going to work in this field now that we're having kids yeah Um, and we were of the opinion that uh, we were going to kind of let the Lord bless us with children as he saw fit and Mm -hmm. so for us we were like okay well if we're in the baby having phase then like I'm coming home. And that was always the plan from the get-go. And I'm so thankful f- that it was just because, I i mean, I would have never gotten those years back mm-hmm. to be with her. So um, school, yeah, quit school, quit my job, and came home to be a mom. So, yeah, yeah. going back to that earlier question, I would say, yeah, I would say those first, like, four years of marriage was the hardest, the hardest thing that I've had to do in life just because – it wasn't every day laying down your life, having, getting married young, having kids young. Mm-hmm. Um, but it was the best thing the Lord could have given me because, you know, as a mom and a wife, mm-hmm. nothing sanctifies you faster yeah. than your kids <laughs> and your husband. Yeah. <laughs> and on top of that, planning a church and having people in your home that are not actually your blood family, mm-hmm. that you have to choose to love, to like, to invite over, to cook for, to clean for. Yeah. Um, we had a one-bedroom apartment on Mulberry Street, and I remember our living room was – I mean, it was not big at all, mm-hmm. and we couldn't afford a couch, and so we got this big, comfy sack. And oh, so yeah. we we also knew that we were going to have people stay with us, and it's like, where else are they going to sleep? And so the yeah. comfy sack acted as like a couch for community group, and then uh, a bed for whenever people came and stayed with us. So, yeah. 
um, sweet memories. Uh, it's been really cool to see how the Lord's been faithful in, because we. it's so funny, people always talk about hosting, and um, we now are in a home that is bigger than I ever thought we would have. Mm-hmm. And so people walk in and they're like, man, this is the perfect house for hosting and yeah. doing all the things with, but they don't, they can't see or remember the years yeah, where we beginning. we hosted like 20 to 30 people in a teeny tiny one yeah. bedroom apartment and like we didn't have a dishwasher so I was doing dishes like every single night on on top of work on top of school um but the Lord is just so faithful to provide even more space now yeah um so well, and we, with a child, right? Or oh, yeah. Moved yeah. At that point? No, we moved before Allie was born. So okay. that was like the first year of marriage. Um, so we moved into our first home uh, a year after we moved to the city and we found a house in Churchill. It was so funny. Mm-hmm. We were looking for houses. And I think I've said it so funny many, many times. <laughs> if you can't tell, I really, really like to laugh. And I really <laughs> like to tell stories that I think are funny. So yeah. it's always, that's probably why my family would call me obnoxious is because nobody else thinks the <laughs> stories are funny. Anyways, um, so we we moved to Churchill. We're looking at houses in Churchill because it's one of the only areas we can afford. It was back when Obama gave a first-time yes. home buyer's credit. It looks so different than... Oh, my goodness. Yeah. yeah. And so we're walking around looking at all these houses that have been newly refurbished. And a lot of them look like shady renos. And then I see this house that's in like a stud phase. Like there's nothing in it. It's just like raw wood. Mm-hmm. And I look at Sean and I was like, hey, we should go talk to whoever's doing that because we could make it our own and maybe pick some things out and triple check and make sure that nothing is shady. And so we ended up getting in contract with that house. It's so funny to think back of all of the, all of my crazy ideas. Some of them Sean's (laughs) had to be like, no, absolutely not. We're not doing that. But then there have been some where it's like, look what the Lord did with Mm -hmm. that, you know? Um, I think that's the house that I remember. Oh yeah. It's like the straight shot back house. Yep. Row home. Mm -hmm. Yep. Um, so are there things, uh, Megan, well, we kind of ask this, but sometimes I ask similar questions because people think of new things. Oh, yeah. <laughs> but um, are there things that you were into in the past or cared about that are hard to relate to now? Hmm. I'm honestly going to say no, only because God has been so faithful in my life that, I mean, me and Sean have been almost married longer than I was ever single. Mm -hmm. And so my whole, like our whole marriage has been around the planting of a church and living for the Lord in the city. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. So I think there's parts of myself that I look back on and I'm like, man, I was really harsh, really impatient with people I was pouring into or with my kids or with my husband. So I think I can look back on those and, and see um, what was your word that you used? Uh, just hard to relate. Yeah. To. So I think, I think those now I'm like, oh, I wish I could go back and and be kinder and be more patient and um, be more loving. Mm-hmm. Um, because most of the time, the things that were saying was true, but yeah. I didn't have wisdom on my side of how how to say them and how to wait till the Holy Spirit is actually working in someone to hear certain things. Sure. Um, one of Sean and I's uh, favorite books we read recently that it talks about, say, like, just because something is true doesn't mean you should say it. Mm-hmm. And that couldn't be more true. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that is definitely something 
after having read James, just yep. constantly repenting of my mouth. Um, yep. So, well, then a, a different spin on the similar question. Um, looking back, is there something you appreciate now that maybe you took for granted back then? Hmm. I would. Oh, there's so many things. I think I took for granted my childhood. I think I took for granted the people in my life. Just not being encouraging enough. Just always seeing the bad things or uh, things that I could that I could complain about. Mm-hmm. Because we all have things that we don't do correctly or we don't do kindly or we don't do in a way. Um, and so having, I think it goes back to just having false expectations. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think that's something that a lot of women struggle with is just having false expectations and then complaining about those expectations not being met. So if I yeah. could look back and yeah, I would I wish I could just go back and be kinder to my mom when I was a teenager. I was so mean, so mean. Mm-hmm. And that and that was like the disconnect for me. So I knew the gospel, but nobody was like, "Hey, be kind to your mother." Yeah. Don't backtalk her. Mm-hmm. Be kind to your dad. Like you don't have to fight with him even though he thought it was fun. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, so looking back, I for sure took my parents for granted. Um, I would say I took my sister for granted. Um, yeah. And it's funny because you, as as a Christian, you get God, the Holy Spirit matures you, right? Mm-hmm. And so because of that, you have to go back and repent of those things. And yeah. so I can't tell you how many times where I'm like, my mom will bring something up from not like bad that I did, but just like a time from that, from that, uh, yeah, a time period from mm-hmm. then. And I'll be like, oh my gosh, I was so <laughs> terrible. I'm so sorry, mom. I'm so sorry, mom. I'm going to tell you on online. <laughs> I'm so sorry. I'm sorry, Morgan. I'm sorry, dad. I know it was mean. Yeah. Well, it would be fun. Speaking of fun or funny, um, to just share, what is your memory then of trusting Jesus? Oh, I definitely remember this. I remember going to my pastor. His name was Julian Yule. Uh, at Mount Pleasant Baptist Church when I was, I think, eight. And I remember I had said a prayer and I just went to him and asked him uh, that I thought if he thought I could get baptized and answered some questions and I got baptized. Mm. So he dunked me under and then raised me up and said, (laughs) congratulate um, Calvin Meadows' grandson. <laughs> and Aww. I remember all my family like clapping and being in the thing. And then afterwards, everyone being like, Do you, did you hear him call you a boy? And I was like, no, I didn't care. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't hear anything. Wait, I just my remember. mind went, wait, is she telling the story wrong? Yeah, no, I'm yeah, telling you exactly it. <laughs> right. Dunked me under, raised me up. And uh, yeah, so I would say, I would say Christ has been a part of my life always. Mm-hmm. Um, I wouldn't say I followed him always. Yeah. <laughs> I wouldn't say I was always faithful. Um, I think that's where reading the Old Testament is just such an encouragement because you see so often God's people do something dumb and then God comes in and is like, hey, can't do that. Come back or he'll send a prophet or he'll yeah. send a plague or... You almost can't turn a page. No, without oh that. my goodness. Yeah. Oh my goodness. And that's, uh, I think that I, that's how I would describe my childhood and young adult life is is that and then i think when it finally clicked for me that all of christ for all of life Mm -hmm. was when i met sean and so i think that's where the big turning point was where it was like hey you're gonna do the dishes unto the glory of god you're gonna go to work unto the glory of god you're going to have kids unto the glory of god you're gonna raise those kids you're gonna disciple those kids unto the glory of god um i think that was kind of a disconnect for me. Uh, it 
I mean, like I said, I loved my church growing up. I think um, I just the the connection between all of life. It almost felt like balls that you were throwing up in the air. So this mm-hmm. ball was the church ball, and then this ball was the sports ball, and this was X, Y, and Z. So. And that's the thing is like, there's nothing wrong with sports. My son is literally at baseball tonight. Um, But it's the, hey, son, you're going to go out there and you're going to run as hard as you can. You're going to play as hard as you can for the glory of Christ, Mm -hmm. Uh, not just because it's a fun sport. And so I think that was the disconnect for me is just seeing that your whole life is for Christ, is for God. And that's what you've been called to. What do you think that you did those things for before? Do you think you didn't think about it or do you think you did it for your parents or for yourself or? Yeah, I would say sports was probably for my parents. I did horse shows and like I said earlier, basketball. And so, I I mean, I did them because they were fun. Mm -hmm. Ultimately, like I was a very selfish person, still am, still struggle with selfishness, going to struggle with it till I go to the grave (laughs) and meet Jesus again and he fully redeems me. Um, And so... Yeah, I would say I did those things for for my parents. Um, I mean, like I I knew when I went on mission trips, but that's the thing though is like the service we had for God was like at the mission trip where yeah. you were like snuggling orphans that you were helping to feed, or like after the big Hurricane Katrina, we went down to Louisiana mm-hmm. and helped a bunch of elderly people clean up their yard and fix their houses. Mm-hmm. And so that is what it felt like you were only living for Christ. Mm-hmm. And those types of moments, which were like the really high peaks, you know, and so nobody ever talked about like, yeah, you're going to have those peaks in your walk with Christ. You're for sure going to have your those peaks, but you're also going to have the valleys where like Mm -hmm. you got to do the laundry. You got to mop the floors. Also, you're going to go through trials like you're going to have hard things that happen. People that die, people that hurt you. Mm -hmm. I, I literally had a lady, I kid you not, like three hours ago who repented of a really hard thing like mm-hmm. she wrote me anyways this other lady that she was very close with mm-hmm. wrote me just a very mean letter mm-hmm. and this girl called and re- and repented to me so in in your christian walk and that wasn't even that hard like yeah. utterly i got the letter and forgave them instantly yeah and i didn't even know who they were so you're gonna have these these hard things in your walk with christ and so i i couldn't see that it was all connected yeah. if that makes sense and mm-hmm. so i would have these super high highs but then I would get back home and it was like, what do I do now? Yes, like, yeah. I don't have any orphans in my backyard that I can go <laughs> like hold on to and like care for them, you know, yeah. but nobody. Uh, well, honestly, it was my own. I don't blame anybody. Honestly, I like I should have known because mm-hmm. God, I mean, it's clear in the Bible. If I had been reading my Bible more, I think I the Holy Spirit may have been able to convict me and be like, hey, be kind to your mom. Mm-hmm. Be kind to your sister. Those are the things that Christ calls you to first and foremost, sure, yeah. like first things first. Nobody, nobody had really talked about that uh, growing up. You mm-hmm. know, I think my mom tried. I just don't think she just had. I don't think her, she herself, you know, I think we're both just now learning how to do yeah. those things properly um, in our walks. That's so exciting. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Amazing. Yes. And OK, so just to wrap it all up. So, Sean, you guys were figuring this out together or he was already kind of, do you think, awakened before he met you? And then he was like, this is a person I want to, to do this with me. Um, I would say Sean had like the all of life for all of Christ mm-hmm. figured out. And then we started dating. OK, I think it would have been really hard for us to figure that it. it's like dating. Uh, like it would have been like dating 
unequally yoked people or mm-hmm. or a man that wasn't a good spiritual leader. And so I think that is what has just been so wonderful about our marriage that is that God that Sean was faithful to the Lord and did put him first in all of the decisions that he made for our family. And so I think him having that figured out helped us tremendously. I don't know if Sean knew that he would marry me early on, like before we started dating. Um, I think it kind of became clear once we started dating. Mm-hmm. Um, it's funny. I, I wrote in my diary before we started dating, I was like, Lord, I have feelings for this guy. Uh, would you please take it away if it okay, wasn't yeah. meant to be? <laughs> <laughs> um, oh, another fun story. So you still have your diary? Or oh, you yeah. just remember that? Oh, yeah. I also still have. So we, I told you we went on a lot of youth camps. And so he would go as like a chaperone to youth camps. And so would his mom because his mom was heavily involved. And so my sophomore year, my 10th grade year, she was a chaperone and so was he. <laughs> and my mom was also a chaperone. And they would do these like fake family units and my mom and Sean what what, yeah so my mom and Sean were married like mom and dad to like their little youth group oh my god um and so yeah it's so funny I think Sean knew my mom better than he knew me when we started dating which is so funny so uh at this youth camp Sean's mom had written my mom an encouragement like you have this whole wall of like little envelopes and you could stick them in most of the time Mm -hmm. people used it to flirt with each other not to actually write encouraging things it'd be like oh you're hot anyway that was sinful but uh his mom wrote my mom and i still have this to this day mm. if only your daughter would was older she would be a she would be such a perfect match for my for my sean oh <laughs> my goodness and so it was literally she just was speaking providence she didn't even know it at the time yeah meant to be <laughs> so sweet yeah it is it's really sweet all right is there anything else that you wanted to share that we didn't get to from your soil no I think that's brought up. Yeah, we planted a church and just been living in the city faithfully since. (laughs) Okay, as we close, Megan, where have you witnessed or experienced Christ-like virtue from a woman in our church family? And would you honor her tonight and close us out with a prayer blessing for her? Yes, so I would say Nikki Hunt has been such a example of Christ's love. I'm gonna try to get through this without Mm -hmm. crying. it's really, really close. She's in our community group, and um, she has suffered a, a lot of tragedy over the last few years. Uh, lost family, like lost most of her family that she was close to, uh, really desires things that the Lord has not given her yet, um, but she has been faithful through it all. Some of the things she's experienced, I'm, I'm like, I could understand why you would walk away. Or be angry with God, and I, not to say that she hasn't been, or she, it hasn't been hard. I've I've been there with her. It's been hard, but she has been such a faithful presence, an example of what it looks like to live for Christ through tra- through tragedy, through not getting the things that you want out of life, um, and just faithfully serving. I mean, she serves in the nursery every Sunday, mm-hmm. even even when I know she's having a hard emotional day. Um, And so, yes, I'd just like to honor Nikki Hunt for her exceptional, she's, oh my goodness, she would be laughing right hysterically right now at me saying this, but I want to honor her because she is just a faithful witness of the Lord and his goodness in my life and a lot of others. It's funny, I think she would tell you that she's been poured into by many, many ladies at Remnant, but I don't think she sees how much she's poured into us ladies at Remnant. That's beautiful. Yeah. So let me pray for Nikki. 
Lord, I am so thankful that you create a church body that has uh, many, many parts, but all in one body. Lord, I thank you that you've brought Nikki into my life and into our community group. Lord, she has been such a blessing to me in my life. Um, she has served me in many ways. She served our massive community group in many ways and has been serving other people's community groups for years with, and these community groups are filled with lots of little children, Lord, and she has no children, yet she continues to bring enough food to feed all of them and kiss all of the grubby faces of the sweet kids. Lord, I thank you for her presence. I thank you that she has been faithful through trial, Lord. I'm thankful that she is faithful through hardship, Lord. I'm thankful that she is faithful even though she has asked for certain things, Lord, and you have yet to give them to her, Lord. I pray for her. I pray that you provide for her, Lord. I pray that she feels encouraged tonight and she feels seen and hugged and loved, Lord, by you and by many others at our church, Lord. I just thank you for her presence in my life, and I thank you for Laura and this podcast, Lord, and I pray that it is an encouragement to all other ladies out there that are part of a church and doing the daily grind, Lord, of loving you and um, just living all of life for all of Christ. So I thank you, Lord. Amen. Amen. Thank you for listening to The Whole Home Podcast, a podcast that displays the unity of sisters in a local church and the way God so wonderfully gives us to each other in our uniqueness and in our sameness for His glory. The stories we share weave together as one grand testimony to the work of Christ and His faithful presence in the garden of our lives. Remember, the Master Gardener is always at work, so let's yield to Him and grow where we're planted.